1: What's up you guys, welcome to the May 11th edition of the Rotor World Fantasy Basketball Podcast, I'm Mike Gallagher, getting ready to recap some episodes 7 and 8 of The Last Dance, with me to do so is Dr. A, Steve Alexander, what's up man?
0: Hey, how's it going?
1: Pretty good man, a pretty chill weekend, a lot of uh, Jason Tatum involved in, over my weekend I spent pretty much all day looking at Jason Tatum stats, um, yeah, so that, that was uh, exciting for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, that is amazing. I have him uh for I have him I moved him up to number 7, man. I'm all in on Tatum next year.
0: Yeah, I'm all in on two. I don't have him as high as you do, but I I mean at they at the end of round 1, he's he's like if he's I think in a lot of leagues that you and I are in, Tatum may dictate how things go because if he if he's gone by the time we want to pick at the end of round 1, it's going to we're not really kind of know what to do I don't think. Yeah,
1: it's kind of weird especially like if I I want to go I want to go like Tatum Durant like if I pick late but like that means I don't have a big man I don't have a I don't have a, a point guard, you know? Obviously those yeah. guys like Durant's still going to have some dies but it definitely creates a whole draft strategy I got to work out. Uh, okay, yeah, so point
0: guard. Point point guards are so much like, I, I didn't used to, like, worry about getting a point guard, but now I kind of feel like you have to build your team around point guard. Yeah,
1: guards. it's crazy. There's just it's such a drop-off after, hey, like—
0: also—oh, sorry. Yeah. Also, before we get going on this, did you see Drew Silva's tweets about uh, doing a podcast all about shoes? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be uh, That would be fun. Round ball shoe. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, I think that would be fun if we got a bunch of people together oh, for sure. and yeah, all I, talked about talked yeah. about shoes. Uh, that would be a fun one for sure, especially
1: when we when this is done we can get into it. Um, so yeah, it started off with a, a great quote with the backstabbing question from Craig Sager. And I mean you could just tell Cross was like, Oh man, he was you could just see him steam up. Uh, that and then Craig's and then you know Craig Craig Sager asking that was,
0: you know, t- classic. classic. Yeah, and and you know you could see Krauss, like you said like like <laughs> almost like like when your dog senses danger, or it gets mad and the fur <laughs> stands up on the back of his neck like. Cross is like, there is no backstabbing going on here, I can assure you that. And then, uh, so he got super mad and stormed out of the room. And then somebody l- looks at Sager and says, way to go, Craig. And I don't <laughs> yeah, know who was... said that to him, but it was pretty awesome. Yeah, that was great. They had a little uh, New Jersey
1: Nets action, little Kerry Kittles, Keith Van Horn. Uh, I was a pretty big fan of that team back in the day. Uh, obviously, they they got that work from the Bulls. Uh, and then, obviously, the, the big story for really Episode 7 was... Jordan's dad, you know, horrible, horrible stuff, and, uh, I mean, it's, it's tough to even talk about, but uh, I thought really what, what stood out to me the most was the whole, like, alleged did David Stern suspend Jordan, that was, like, the most ridiculous thing, like, come on, man, like, like the guy had said, you're gonna take away the most valuable player, the most valuable franchise, like, David Stern being a capitalist, is like, that's beyond dumb to do, um, so, yeah, I. And again, like we said in the last part, the whole Jordan gambling thing is so ridiculous to me. Like, it's not a bad thing. I mean, obviously, if you certain people shouldn't be, and it is a real problem. I'm not saying it's not, but for him, it wasn't, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, you, the thing is, you don't know. You and I don't know, and nobody knows exactly how much Jordan was gambling. it if he has an addiction, if he has a problem, how much money he's actually lost. Like, nobody really knows any of that stuff. So, I mean, at the time when that rumor was out there that the NBA was sending him away for a couple of years because of gambling, like, looking back on it, it's kind of outrageous. But at the time, I mean, I think, I'd say 80% of basketball fans kind of believed that that was, that was true, or at least maybe maybe 80%, I don't know. It just seemed like it was viable even though nobody ever confirmed it. I guess it's sort of like, uh, you know, the Patrick Ewing fix in the lottery when the corner (laughs) of the envelope was folded. Like there's a lot of people that think that lottery was fixed. But you talked to David Stern about it and he's like, no, absolutely not. He's like, you talked to David Stern about Jordan gambling. He's like, no, that's ludicrous. Absolutely not. But there's a lot of people that still think that that was part of it. But honestly, um, I don't think he was sent away because of gambling. I think, he was already fed up with being in the limelight and dealing with you know that team and Jerry Krause. He was already over all of it. And then it's, you know his dad goes missing for 3 weeks, shows up you know murdered in a in a river and uh he was done, man. He he was just done and he, and he, his dad wanted him to be a baseball player. So he wanted to play baseball for dad. I mean, it makes perfect sense.
1: Yeah, and I thought one of the big underlying themes for the whole whole um, double episode was Man, and someone brought it up, like, he was, like, off the court, he's, like, a different guy, and you could just see how emotional he is, like, as it ended, uh, episode 8, when he was just laying on the ground, you know, first championship after his dad's. like, oh, man, you could just see, and it, it, we've seen that throughout the whole series, like, Jordan, you know, he's he's an emotional dude, um, which is, and even, like, the when he has fun with guys and all that, you could just see he has a, a lot of character, both good and bad sometimes, but that was interesting and it's really what, what makes the show so great is you get to see kind of jordan as a human
0: yeah and i like the the guy they talked to that um i think he's a writer uh and jordan he's like he told me he was going to do this a year ahead of time he <laughs> he told me he wanted to retire at a at a white Sox playoff game <laughs> you know he threw out the first pitch of that playoff game and then the story broke why he was at the game uh so that was that was pretty pretty wild um and and you know one of the things they said on the show last night I think was you know of course you remember where you were the day Michael Jordan retired that first time and I mean I remember hearing about it but I don't remember where I was I don't have any sense of time or place uh with that memory like I do with you know like when I found out Magic Johnson had HIV and um there's, there's a lot of and when Jordan came back yeah. you know like I remember exactly where I was for those things but um the first Jordan retirement, I did. I just remember thinking, "Wow, he's going to go play baseball. This this will be interesting." But I don't really remember like crying or anything. Yeah, definitely.
1: Uh, so speaking of the baseball stuff, um, yeah, like I said, he, hitting hitting two oh two in Double A, you know, obviously it's a terrible number if you play fantasy baseball or something. You want to be upper upper two hundreds at least. But um, yeah, he actually I looked up his stats. He had thirty steals, uh, three homers, fifty one RBIs, forty six runs. Uh, obviously, couldn't really hit, but 30 steals is a pretty good number. I mean, it's you know it's viable if you play fantasy baseball. A guy picks up 30 steals; he's at the back end of your roster as a steal specialist. So, um, I mean, that's cr- that's kind of crazy. Like we've seen the Tebow stuff, and Tebow's had a long time to really kind of get his baseball career going, and it just really just goes to show like, what an athlete Jordan is. You know, he's just so 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 talented. Uh, I thought that was really cool, and then also. The ter- I did not know Terry Francona was his double-A manager with the Birmingham Barons. That was awesome. Uh, and then he had a 13-game hinge streak. Didn't know that. So that was really cool. Uh,
0: a couple of baseball things that stick out to me is, one, you know, I think it was Reinsdorf that said, you know, this guy, last time he played baseball was when he was 17. Now he's trying to play when he's 31. Yeah. Um, the fact that he hit 202 in double-A is, is pretty incredible. Um, and, and, and really... The difference between batting 202 and 302, he hit he got a hit in two out of ten at bats instead of three out of ten at bats. So it's he was still getting a hit two out of every ten at bats, which I think for somebody who's not really a baseball player, that's kind of incredible. And also they said he should have started out in rookie ball or single A at the most. Uh, but the press facilities at those fields and those teams were not equipped to handle Michael Jordan and really the lowest level they could put him at, um, that could really um, you know, handle the Jordan experience, was Double A, and that's why he was there. So, I think if he would have started out in Rookie Ball or or Single A, um, things may have gone differently. Also, so uh, pretty cool though seeing seeing Jordan play baseball. Yeah, double, double A is legit. Like
1: a lot of I want to say Bryce Harper, skipped Skip Triple A, Triple A is almost like the sometimes like career baseball guys that just play there. But double A's or just oh, jump. My point is, double A to triple A isn't is it a big jump? Where A ball to double A is a big jump. Yeah, but, um, yep. yeah. And I thought it was really cool that uh, the whole can't hit a curve thing reminded me a little of uh, Pedro Serrano, Major League, um, <laughs> the, the best sports movie uh, type, maybe tied with White Men Can't Jump. We'll, we'll talk about Space Jam in a minute. Um, but yeah, that was really cool. And then so after that, I, the, one of my favorite whole things of, of the show is. Jordan calling Scott Burrell. Scott Burrell. I never calls him Scott. Never calls him Burrell. It's always Scott Burrell. <laughs> it's just it kill, I always have a thing for when people, and it's consistent. I feel like the whole time. Uh, obviously, it was that time when he was on the on the plane and joking about that. It's just like, oh man, like it must have been so tough for Burrell. For you know, they all say he's a great guy, and I mean, he he certainly looks like it. Uh, that that just killed me. That was probably one of my laugh out loud moments of of the last
0: night. Yeah, that's, that's a good observation. I didn't really notice that, but I, I have a friend named David King, and, and I never call him David, and I never call him King. I just call him <laughs> David, David King. <laughs> it is, it's not in a Jordan Burrell kind of way, because I I don't look at myself as superior to David King. Yeah. But, uh, it's just what I call him. It's funny that you, 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 you're you right, man. He calls him Scott Burrell every
1: time. Kind of, that's awesome. I love it. Uh-huh. So then after that, they really went on a kind of Scotty Pitt pin, uh, tangent pretty heavily here. Uh, and Scotty, 93-94, he was a beast. Uh, he'd be, you know, fantasy, he'd be a first-rounder, um, hopefully punting free throw percentage. But he was 22-9-6, and six, 2.9 steals, .9 threes, which back then, you know, close to a three game is valuable. Um, on 49% from the field, 66% from the line. That is, like I said, first-round kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, I, P- Pippen is like, he gets, he gets the whole Robin turn, but he's
0: really, really, really good. Well, and he was loving life without Jordan. He was, he was the, he was the, he was the man until <laughs> one day uh, with a game on the line, Phil Jackson decided to let, P- what? he was going to Pippen take the ball out yep. and somebody else was going to shoot the last shot. Kukos. And Pippen was like, Kukos, Tony Cucko was going to. I know it's Coach, but I always called him Tony Kuko. Uh He was gonna let Kucoch take the last shot, and uh, Pippin was like, uh, "Okay, uh, forget this, I'm out." And he just sat on the bench, not going. They they had video of Bill Cartwright over there yelling at him, and you know, it, there's been a theme throughout this series with Pippin, uh, the, the the injury that really may not have been an injury, the putting off the surgery the flu game, the refusing to to go in the final one and a half seconds of that game, which by the way, they won. Um, You know, and, and those are really like, and I think he got in trouble one time for having a, a gun under the seat of his car. Pippen did. But other than those five things I just mentioned, he was a really clean, solid citizen with a great NBA career. And I, I don't I hope that this thing doesn't tarnish tarnish his legend uh too much.
1: No, I don't think so. I think most of that was I forgot I I didn't know about what uh the last night sitting out and you and I were talking before we popped on like that is like one of the main lessons you teach kids about sports is don't quit on your team, you know, listen to your coach, trust your coach. I mean, this is just and then for a player of his caliber, and like you said, and of character too, he wasn't really like obviously the contract year and the leg thing you talked about. But I mean, Pippen was a pro's pro really until
0: then, right? Um, yeah, so and he's crazy. a great he's a great player, like you said. The numbers that year, but really the numbers throughout his whole career, and and even that year when Jordan retired, you know, Pippen was more of a he was more of a facilitator guy um, than he was a scorer. But they they needed him to become a scorer, and he and he did. Like he he just. He's a really good player. Yeah. So, and was, the whole, oh, go ahead. No, uh,
1: I was just going to say uh just durability like his game counts are crazy high. Uh 79, 73, 82, 82, 82, 81, 72, 79 and uh, another 82 before the 70 uh 97 98 season when we only played 44 as we know why. So it's crazy.
0: Yeah, and uh and back to the back to the whole I'm not going in I'll just stay here on the bench. Thank you very much, thing. When my kid was eight and playing baseball, he's he was the shortstop. Um, he was he was the the best player on the team. He, you know, two home runs every game. Not over the fence, but to the fence, and he would run around. So we're in a we're in a dogfight late in the season and he's he comes up to me, I'm coaching first base, and he stops on his way to the plate and he goes, Hey Dad, if I get a double right here, I hit for the cycle. <laughs> That's I mean, awesome. I was like, "Okay, you're eight years old, and there's a coach pitching you. Get up there and just hit, And he gets out there and he, he never ever got out, and he swings at the first pitch, trying to hit a double, and he pops it up, and this like little six year- old catcher who had no idea where he was, stuck his glove out and caught this foul ball, and my son was out, uh, and he he lost it, dude he what? threw his helmet through his bat, went in the dugout, like cleared off the bench, he was like raging. Uh, maniac in the dugout. So the so the head coach of the team was like, Hey Steve, he's like, I'm gonna have to take him out. I'm like, Of course you are. Ben- put him on the bench, uh, whatever. So he benches in for an inning. That inning's over, and I, I of course that entire inning I'm in his face, telling him that this is unacceptable. He's embarrassing me. Like this is not how we act. You don't quit. Blah blah blah. So I get done with all that, and the coach comes in the dugout and goes, Hey Soren, I need you to go back out to short next inning. We need you, buddy. We're just, the game's tied. And he looked at him and he goes, ah, I'm good. Oh. <laughs> and He, he, stayed, he it. He, 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 it. <laughs> he said, I'm good. I'm, I'm good on the bench. I'm just going to stay right here. And then I spoke to him uh, a little bit more, and he ended up going back in the game. But you know, we've been working through with a child sports psychologist since <laughs> uh, he was uh, one month old. No, <laughs> That's just awesome. He's nuts. That's crazy. Anyway.
1: <laughs> Um, so yeah Speaking of nuts uh, Another thing they talked about Was Jordan Just being hard on guys Mentioned the Scott Burrell stuff I thought that was really cool And uh, I love it uh, I love the competitive spirit And you know Just wanting his teammates To win Like at all costs Whether he comes off As a jerk Or whatever you want to call him I, I love that That was uh,
0: another thing I, I loved about this whole series Yeah And then the whole Was Jordan a nice guy yeah. Was he a good teammate Like he really he really kind of he was Jordan man and he he like that going back to the baseball stuff they were like yeah he'd show up at first thing in the morning and hit hit for like an hour and then he'd hit off the curveball machine for an hour and then he'd take a regular BP and then he'd stay after the game and hit some more like it just reminds me of like the Kobe and the Jordan and the Tiger woods like those guys had this drive to work harder than anybody else ever had. And, you know, it shows they're just they're so intense and so goal focused on on what they're trying to achieve that it really doesn't matter. And watching the show, if you listen to Jordan, his whole thing is, you know, it's almost like he's saying, you know, that's how I planned it. I plan to run these guys in the ground. I plan to be hard on them in practice to get them ready for the Eastern Conference Finals or get them ready for this. I don't know that that was really his goal at the time he was doing it. I think it it probably helped and worked out that way, but uh, I mean it probably was not super fun to be Michael Jordan's teammate.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, and then to add to your point, um, when they lost to the Magic and the trainer was talking, he's like, you know, I expect him to take time off, you know, kind of deal with losing for really the first time since his team was good. Um, he's like, oh, see you tomorrow. Like, yep, that's Jordan
0: right there. Just wants to just work, work, work. I love it. Well, and in that, in the series, in the show, like, when he was talking about this stuff, at the very end, he got super emotional, and he was like, he was like, you know, if you don't want to play that way, then don't, don't play that way, and he, like, he's like, let's take a break, and he, like, was starting to cry, because he was getting so emotional just talking about, you know, trying to motivate his teammates and get everybody to get on his page, like, he's just intense, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, Then after that, they had the,
1: I had never heard of LeBradford Smith, Uh, and that that was one of my favorite parts, and then how he made up the whole nice game, Mike, to basically pump himself up. I love it. I loved it it so much, and uh, dug up the stats. He only played 31 minutes that game. Uh, What, he scored 36 in the first half, finished with 47, 16-27 to from the field, 13-15 from the line. 49.3 49.3 usage rate. Um, just monster numbers in 31 minutes. That was that was great. Uh, I love just that. Whatever you do to suck yourself up, man, uh, props, and it worked. So that was great. it a blowout.
0: Yeah, and if you, if you didn't see the episode, LeBradford Smith, who played at the University of Louisville. He was at Louisville when I was going to Hanover College in like 1988, 89, somewhere in there. And uh, LeBradford Smith was kind of a big deal uh, for that Louisville team. But he really didn't do much in the NBA, but that one game against Jordan, he just caught fire, and they were showing his, his shots. They were all off balance, and they weren't very pretty, but they all went in. He, was, he uh, hit like, I don't know, 9 of 11 or something crazy and, and scored 36 points on Jordan, 37 on Jordan, and then Jordan was like, screw that, and they played them the next, the next night. And Jordan went out and said, well, Jordan told somebody, you know, I'm going to do what he did in the first half. And he did, yep. he had 30, 36 in the first half. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's just another example of Jordan picking someone out, uh, picking out an opponent and finding a reason to motivate himself and, and go destroy that guy and his team.
1: Yep, like the Jerry Krause, Dan Marley one, that was another great one.
0: Tony Kukoc, Kukoc, yeah, <laughs> Team USA Kukoc, Clyder, so many Clyde, Drexler, Clyde yeah, just
1: the list goes on and on. Yeah, then uh, yeah, you mentioned that B.J. Armstrong, Glenn Horn, uh the Glenn Rice Hornets. Those that was a fun team. Um, I love the Glenn, the Glenn Rice quote after B.J. Armstrong kind of beat him. Uh, you know, he was saying that you know you don't want to give Michael Jordan more gas in this car, and you have to expect all hell to break loose. And it's like, yeah, that's what happened. So it kind of reminded me of uh, like the Rick James quotes or anything. <laughs> It's just like this, the way he spoke about it was just great. Um, but yeah, that the, the Hornets team was pretty cool, and then obviously the the Vlade for Kobe trade um, that obviously sticks out. But uh, yeah, that that team was kind of fun. All right, so then obviously one of the most iconic sports moments would be the I'm back moment, and the first thing I thought was, imagine if that happened like in the Twitter age. Imagine if, like MJ's Twitter account tweeting that out would just oh my god, the internet would lose its mind. <laughs> um, so yeah, that. That was that was classic. Um, yeah, it's it was really cool. Obviously, you know we don't really remember the details, you and I, but uh, like that just the the best player in the game, hands down. You know, goes away and just I'm back. And that that story from his agent, like you know he's trying to put together a press release.
0: He's like, fine, you do it, and I'm back. That's good enough. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, that like two of the most iconic things that have ever happened, communication wise. I think we're both in basketball and. The, the I'm back fax from Jordan. And my, my son was watching it with me last night. He's like, dad, what is a fax? Like, <laughs> what are they talking about? Is it like, is it like an email? And then, uh, and then, uh, I'm taking my talents to, to Miami. Like yeah. those were the two, those were the two big ones. And I remember the Jordan coming back so well, because my wife was super pregnant. My my son was born within a week of, of when he came back and I, uh, that was just so outlandish. I remember that first game we played against the Pacers. My buddy and I, we were in Indiana at the time. Um, I'm surprised we didn't try to go to that game because that game was at at the Pacers. But uh, we watched it in my in my family room and we, we drank a bunch of beer and watched that game. And uh, I slept on the couch that night. But That's- anyway... Yeah, that was uh that was a long time ago. But yeah. yes, that,
1: it was cool to see him come back. Yeah, the and then the, they lost to the magic uh Horace Grant, Penny, Shaq. I mean, that was a great team and Penny, just quick Penny tangent. Best best com- <laughs> best commercials ever, right? The little Penny commercials are, are top-notch for sports commercials, I feel like. like that's that's Tyler Banks, fool. <laughs> I just, <laughs> it was, uh, and I, I have a big affinity for for Penny sneakers, um, the the foams, the Penny ones. Are, they're like my jams. I love them. Fo- foams are East, East Coast people know all about foams. Uh, they, they aren't too big out, out west, but uh, I love Young Young shack was so good, um, and just Penny was too bad. Injuries kind of cut him short. He was such a star. Uh, uh, penny was one of my personal favorites.
0: I love me some Penny hardware. I love the shoe commercials. The little Penny with Chris, Chris Rock who did the voice. Yeah. My favorite, my favorite one was the one where he's like painting. Uh, little Penny's painting all these colors on a on an easel or whatever. He's like, oh yellow, you're my fellow. Oh blue, you're so true. And then he's like, oh orange, oh man, nothing wrong with orange. You know, it's just like so dumb and so yeah. funny. And, uh, those commercials. They could have made a TV show. They could have made a, mo- a little Penny movie, and it would have
1: oh, been a blockbuster for sure. Yeah, the the half number pros, and he's you know dreaming about you know scoring baskets like Penny and all that in the pool. <laughs> like, oh man, yeah. this is so good. Um, which I guess is a nice transition to movies. Uh, they talk a little Space Jam, which. Um, I think is one of the most overrated movies ever. Uh, I think it's horrible, but, but uh, hey, um, but that was really cool. The whole Jordan Dome Playing pickups at seven, playing for two, three hours, like Reggie Miller was saying, and then like Miller said, he had a call, you know, the next day at six. So you know, he's only getting you know after playing ball. I mean, when you play ball for that long, you need your sleep. Uh, so he you know getting up and doing that, but the whole Jordan Dome with everyone like flying out there, that was that was amazing.
0: Yeah, and you know it's interesting. I really thought. Thought uh, you were gonna come out and be like, "Man, I love Space Jam. Space oh, Jam Space was jam. my jam." <laughs> I've never, jam. I have never seen the entire movie. Don't don't waste uh, your time. <laughs> I've never made it all the way through, yeah. and I, maybe that's why. I mute. Uh, I have
1: Space Jam muted on my Twitter account. Like I just don't. I just don't have it.
0: <laughs> hey, um, we forgot to talk about something. Uh, so, so when he played the Pacers that night. His first game back after playing baseball for a couple of years, Jordan's shorts were on backwards. Oh, uh, yeah. The NBA logo was on his back, like, thigh instead of in the front. Like, how does that happen? How does nobody tell him that his shorts are on backwards? Yeah. Like, I, I still can't believe that happened.
1: Do you think people knew and just didn't say because he was Michael Jordan? Or do you think people
0: didn't notice? Dude, I don't know. Yeah, it's, I don't know. And did he leave him on backwards the whole game? Did he yeah. turn around at halftime? Like, I, what? Like, they could do an entire thirty for thirty on Jordan shorts I think. Yeah,
1: and that was anyway, uh, Michael Michael Beasley moment right there. You know, it's just uh, like Michael Beasley has so many. Like, forgetting to take his pants off. One of my favorite gifts is him rubbing Anthony Tolliver's knee when he thought it was his own. <laughs> <laughs> so there's so Michael Beasley. Besides the first name, has something in common with Michael Jordan. Uh-huh. Dude, when, I
0: was in a, when I was in a sixth grade rec league uh, at the Y, we were we were done warming up, and it was time to time to get out there. The starting lineups had to go out there, and I pull my sweats off and realize that I don't have any shorts on. Yep. I just have my t- tidy whities
1: Yeah, <laughs> I've that seen that happen a, 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 to people before. It's like whoopsie, where beautiful. they wear their warm up pants was, and they forget their basketball shorts.
0: Felt really good about myself.
1: <laughs> nice. So after that, there was uh, the Jordan and Steve Kerr fight. That was cool, Uh, and Jordan said he respected him for. And he would—I mean, I couldn't even imagine Kerr, you know, getting mad, Um, and then Jordan hitting him and said the quote where you know he beat up the smallest guy in the court and felt bad about it, and then he respected him for that. That was uh, pretty cool. There was a lot of Steve Kerr last night, uh, which was good. I,
0: I love Steve Kerr, so that was really cool to see him get kind of involved more. I love Steve Kerr too and I I, the whole all the BJ Armstrong stuff I had heard that BJ was really mad um uh, about the documentary or or I I felt like I heard he was mad that he wasn't included more or something but I mean I felt like BJ came off pretty good last night too Mm -hmm. BJ and Kerr both played a pretty big role uh in those episodes and and, um it was enjoyable And, and the whole Steve Kerr thing like he was one of the he stood up to Jordan and fought back and uh Apparently the next day, he, you know, Kerr was like everything changed. Like me and Jordan changed after that. Like I could just tell he had my back and I had his. And like it's pretty cool, pretty cool to see how that worked.
1: Yeah, that was great. And actually, my uh, my girlfriend was like, "Oh, Steve Kerr played basketball." (laughs) She didn't even know. And she also, uh, her her, like Robin Roberts was huge, huge sports anchor. She's like, "Well, is that Robin Roberts?" Like, yeah, Robin Roberts was huge into being a sports anchor. Uh, and now she's you know, oh, big, funny. big, big, big time. Uh, yeah, that was that was really cool. Um, so then there's the, much like the Magic, another team but late '90s, mid '90s, didn't get enough love, I guess. Uh, rhymes with love. Gary Payton, the glove, um, who had some pretty cool sneakers. Uh, actually, I got clowned. Perhaps one. Of, I I basically had, but like, before what are those became a thing. Like that's basically what happened to me when I copped the uh, Jordan. They had a big zipper, and they were like, "No, you can't see the laces." It all—it's like it looks like a glove. Um, I thought they were awesome, but I got clowned <laughs> so hard for wearing those all the time. Um, you know, people called them astronaut shoes. <laughs> it, was, it was bad, but um, yeah, Peyton, Peyton. Peyton was uh Peyton was good, man. League that year, he was league high: two point nine steals, nineteen points, five boards, seven and a half dimes. Uh, that's elite stuff. Like you'd be considering first rounder right there. Uh, obviously, Sean uh, Sean Camp was uh, you know another guy who kind of faded, but he was when he was on, he was really good. And side note the 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 uh, the Sonics uniforms that they were wearing in that game, you know that time compared to the ones before that, you know the lighter green, yellow, so clean. Those that's one of my favorite, and I love the logo. You know the skyline. Skylines in general are, are great logos. Like obviously the Denver one. Um, I actually even before it came on, I was actually considering buying a uh, Mitchell and Ness Seattle Sonics hat this because uh, I love that
0: logo. But um, yeah, the Sonics are cool. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, like I was on Facebook the other day and a Sean Kemp jersey popped up <laughs> for sale for like forty bucks, and I was like, I really want to buy that. Um, and I don't know why. I I don't. I hadn't talked spoken about Sean Kemp or anything, but yeah, that team, man, and the the whole George Carl, uh, Gary Payton was like, I'm guarding Jordan, Mm -hmm. and George Carl was like, no, you're not, (laughs) I need you, I need you to focus on offense, and Payton was such a good defensive player, and, you know, it, it became personal for Payton, and after, like, what, after game three, Payton was like, that's it, I'm guarding Jordan tonight, and Carl let him, and then they came back. They came from down 3-0 to cut the 3-2, I think. Yeah. And, um, you know, if George Carl would have let Gary Payton guard Michael Jordan that whole series, things may have gone differently. And another note on this, I'll be honest, I don't even remember that series. I don't remember the Sonics being in the in the finals against Jordan. Um, and I, get, I, I guess back then I was probably such a – Hawks Pacers guy that once once Dominique and Reggie Miller were out of it, I just kind of checked out. Yeah, I don't that's
1: kind of when I first really started liking basketball that year. So I don't know if it was because of Jordan coming back or what, but I I definitely remember that a little bit. But uh, yeah, the Sonics and they they were really good. Um, what what else? And then obviously this uh, seventy two and ten, that was you know just beating everybody all the time. The Sonics beat him like they said they beat him yeah, in one of the games in Seattle too. So. The ninety-five, yeah, ninety-six.
0: And, uh, I was going to say the uh, the thing about the glove, like when they when they showed Jordan, Gary Payton talking about guarding Jordan and and this and that. Like Jordan started laughing really that, hard. Yeah. He's like, "Man, I had I had no problem with the glove." So Jordan Jordan does not think that it would have mattered if Payton was guarding him the whole time. But I don't know. It, I think it may have. But the the end of the the episode eight. Um, was Jordan on the floor, basically wailing, right? Yeah. Like uh, so much um, emotion, and like Randy Brown was trying to get the the game ball, and Jordan was like ripping it away from him, and then you know laying on the floor in the locker room by himself, just bawling. Like it, it was pretty intense. Yeah,
1: and I'll add that that moment when you're talking about Jordan laughing, that is meme central right there. <laughs> People are going to be using that for a long time. Uh, Probably not crying Jordan level meme, but it'll be up there. Uh, Other notes, uh, I like to talk about the music. A couple other complaints from me again. Uh, Down with the Kings, they used it for a 95 section, that song came out in 93. And then Step Into the World, KRS-One, they used it for 95, that came out in 97. So, step your game up, director dudes. Um, Fantastic Voyage was also 94, so that was right. But, uh, so you are you are working under the premise. I I'm, che- I'm literally checking every time they play a song. I'm literally doing that. <laughs> I am checking. But that you're
0: working. You're working under the premise that the expectation is that the song has to match the yes, year for sure. That bonus. should happen.
1: There's enough songs out at the time of this whole series that you should have it match. Like there's plenty of songs that came out in '95. It's one of the best hip hop eras ever. Hip hop Europe, arguably '94, '95, '96,
0: my favorite. Like
1: you got, come on, man. Well,
0: maybe maybe the times that they hit them, maybe the times that they got them right, they just got lucky, and this was never a goal of theirs at all. Oh,
1: I think they well because they were doing it perfectly (laughs) early on, and they got "Fantastic Voyage." That was '94, so I think they're trying a little bit. But sometimes maybe they're just like, okay, I want to get this song in, and they're great songs, like we talked about in the last one. But that's that's, the music.
0: The music in this one didn't really do anything. Yeah, it it
1: was way not, it was not nearly, which I guess makes sense because the Jordan Father stuff, it's just,
0: it's hard to play uplifting, beat, you know, catchy stuff when that's going on. So that kind of makes sense. Maybe, but also by that, like for the nine, for like, in 1996, I was so far deep into, like, music that you would never hear on the radio. I probably, I probably wouldn't have recognized most of of what they would have played anyway at that time. But I don't know. Um, and then looking forward to the, the, the final, the final chapters, right? Nine and 10 next, it's next insane. Sunday.
1: Yeah, I, I guess they're going to talk a lot about, you know, after the season and obviously winning the championships and stuff. So it's crazy where, you know, they left it off at the Eastern Conference finals. So you, you guess yeah, and, then
0: they, Re- and Reggie Miller, like looking forward, like they're getting ready to play the Pacers and Reggie Miller's like, I think we're the better team. And, it, I I think this is the series where uh, Reggie Miller pushes off of Jordan and hits that three mm-hmm. at the end of, at the end of game five. I think it is, uh, and my wife and I were in Market Square Arena for that game when Reggie hit that three, and oh, the place nice. uh, is one of the, it's one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Yeah, that's great. It, one it was other awesome. note I
1: forgot to mention: uh, ninety five, ninety six season, Jordan elevens, man, the the greatest shoe of all time. Love the Concord's of the black and white. Uh, the Space Jam's, uh, the All Blacks. That's really the only thing I like about Space Jam. Um, but yeah, that I just wanted to throw that in there. The, the Jordan 11s are the best shoe of all time. Do you have Jordan 11s? Too many to count. <laughs> I have like every color you could think of. Yeah, I have. How
0: many pairs of Jordan 11s do you think you have?
1: Highs and uh, so I have a lot of lows, just because Arizona's super hot and like I want you know low cut shoes because they're you know it's nice. It's, sometimes you wear high tops a lot when it's hot out. Like, your feet get hot. <sighs> Double digits,
0: um, probably like I'll say like twelve, 12 of thirteen. Them. Yeah, twelve of them. I yeah, yeah. Now, if I wanted to get a pair of Jordan Elevens right now, how much? How much would I have to pay? Uh, with the original ones,
1: they're I, 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 yeah I, the original ones will cost you a ton, um close to probably G, but um probably maybe even more. But yeah, the 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 redos they're. You can probably get them for like 300 now, depending on which ones you want. Like, the Concords are probably expensive. The the Jordan Blues, got the all white ones, which are one of my favorite shoes, too. Like, those will probably cost you a little bit more. The breads will cost you a little bit more. But some of the d- different colorways probably won't be too much. Mm. Just because they so made yeah, so it, it, many of them
0: when they brought them back out again. But they I list for 220 my... Okay. Well, my, my original pair of Jordan 3s, I had two of them and both of them the soul after like 20 years or whatever just disintegrated um is that is that normal uh no i don't think so (laughs) (laughs) yeah they just they just fell apart and they were were done so that that's how that's where my threes went
1: yeah all right man all right so that'll do it for this episode i'll be back on i'll be back on friday with ryan don't know what we're gonna talk about yet but we'll probably talk a little bit about some columns um, got my as I mentioned in the open. I got my Jason Tatum column. I loved writing that. Check it out. Um, I don't know who I'm gonna
0: write for Thursday, but I'll think of somebody. Um, anything you got going on? I'm gonna write a column tonight for tomorrow. Something about five guys. I just don't know. Don't know what I'm doing <laughs> yet. And and then uh, yeah, and then uh, we'll be back a week from today. Next Monday, we'll be doing the the recap of the final episode of Jordan. Then hopefully after that, we'll do a little roundball shoe. <laughs> look, we, we had a little preview of that uh, just a minute ago. So. Yeah, that'd be awesome, man. Uh, yeah, it'd be fun.
1: Cool, so you guys enjoy your week, and thanks for coming on, man. All
0: right, see you.